You're listening to Beat Autoimmune and Thrive, the podcast all about reversing and preventing autoimmune conditions so you can live your most vibrant life as soon as possible. We talk about autoimmune root causes, actionable solutions, and inspirational healing stories. I'm Palmer Kippola, and I used to have MS. Today, I'm an author, a speaker, a functional medicine certified health coach, a pickleball player, and nature lover who's helped thousands of people reclaim their health and their best lives. Let's dive into this episode. Hi, everyone. I am super excited that Mary Brooks is in the house with us today. Mary is a fatigue, thyroid, and gut expert. She's a nutritionist who specializes in working with women over 40 who want to maximize their energy with minimum hassle. I love that. She's got a master's degree in nutrition from the University of Virginia. She's a certified functional health coach. She's based in Charlotte, North Carolina, and helps clients all over. She has a personal story of overcoming thyroid cancer, and now she's passionate about helping other people heal naturally. She's helped hundreds of women achieve their health goals by a by embracing small steps. I'm thrilled to have Mary here with us to help us get more energy during the day by sleeping better at night. Welcome, Mary. Thank you so much. It's really a, a delight to have you here. And I, there are so many things that I love about you. Uh, you're such a compassionate, big-hearted person, but you also have a story that is really profound. And I think it's really helpful to start at the beginning with a story so that people understand how did you get here? Today, we're going to be diving into sleep and developing healthy sleep habits. And I'd like you to share your story in the context of how you overcame some pretty serious dependencies on sleep medications, as an example, and how you were able to heal, get off those meds and get back to a great night's sleep. So yeah. I'm going to let you take it away wherever you want to dig in. And if I pause you for questions, we'll just keep going. Sure, sure. Thank you. So do you want me to start with where sort of the sleep went, went off, like where, where, it, where it got broken? Yeah, I think it would be super helpful to start with um, what happened that your sleep got broken and you take it in any direction that you like. Sure. Okay. <clears throat> so, I mean, like anything as you as you have a health challenge or a crisis or whatever you want to call it you know it causes you to be introspective and it causes you to sort of go back and unravel the yarn ball and, and figure out all the clues that maybe you were missing back you know all along that were there so i think for me where my sleep started um i have three children and i have uh, i had so i had a toddler and then i had twins and when the twins were infants, that was the first time I ever noticed like some anxiety, sort of like what I would call, I wouldn't call a panic attack, but I would remember, you know, my heart would race. And I was aware that if I didn't get back to sleep, like if they woke up and I couldn't get them, them back to sleep, like it caused me to sort of forecast my day and say like, you know, what's going to happen if I don't get back to sleep? And that's, that's when I first started to struggle. So Looking back on that, I probably was experiencing these like adrenaline surges and then never quite got that back under control. So I think that's where it began. Later, um, as I traveled for work, and sometimes if I had a big day ahead of me or I've had to get up early for a flight, that's the next time I noticed that 
I, I would be tired and then I, I couldn't go to sleep. And later I went through not the easiest of divorces. And I think I had a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, and that's when the sleeplessness peaked. And so like a lot of us, you know, went to my doctor and said, I cannot sleep. And I was kind of happy to get on a prescription medication, like didn't really realize what some of the risks were for that. And so I started taking it. And then somewhere in there, I had thyroid cancer. So I had nodules on my thyroid. I didn't ever have any like thyroid problems that I knew, you know, looking back on that, that probably was, I mean, we don't always call cancer an autoimmune response, but it probably, you know, it probably was. It's just that that inflammation turned into nodules. So at any rate, that's, that was kind of my slippery slope into, I can't sleep. So you went home, you had the prescription in hand, you were dealing with a lot of stress. It sounded like the stressors were mounting from having twins, having, going through a a divorce that was challenging. Any kind of divorce must be anxiety provoking in some way. Right. And so you get this prescription. And so what did you do? Well, at the time, you know, I, I liked it. And, you know, it was sort of money in the bank that I was going to get to sleep, you know, that because the, the lack of sleep and for anybody listening to this, if you have insomnia or if you're not getting a good night's sleep or you're stressed out about your sleep, that, that is so crippling. And, um, I, I can completely identify with that, but I also want to just give you this hope that I don't take any prescription medications and I, I won't ever like that just wasn't. And I'm, I say that like, I'm not, I'm not critical of anybody who is, but, um, it's, I guess I would say it was easy to get on and it wasn't easy to get off. Like when it came time to get off, I, I was completely on my own to get that done. Oh my goodness. I think you're speaking to so many people who just think it's got to be easy to get a good night's sleep. I need it. I'm desperate. I need to go to sleep and to feel like just taking a pill is going to knock them out. And so tell us about the perils of that and what you went through. Well, it's not, it's not easy to realize or not. It's not... I'm not embarrassed about it, but I mean, looking back, I never thought that I would become so dependent on the medication. And I really was like, I, I will tell you this, that sometimes I would, I wanted to sleep so badly that I remember like, you know, looking forward to being able to take it because it was, you know, it's insurance policy. You're going to get to sleep. Right. But sometimes I would even wake up and not be able to get back to sleep. And I would either have like a loop thought or I felt anxious, or I just couldn't fall asleep. And I'd lay there like not able to sleep, not able to sleep. So sometimes I would even go back and take like a quarter of one. So at the, this is the point that I realized I had a problem. It's a controlled substance and you can't refill your prescription and, you know, before 30 days. And I can remember being out and not being able to sleep and waiting until that day came to refill that prescription. That's when I knew I had a problem. That's when I knew I, like I had to break that habit. Um, but what's interesting is there were just a lot of, like anything, there were underlying causes 
that I didn't know. And so all those years that I was taking that medication, I didn't, I, I never addressed the things that I could have addressed that eventually put me on the path of not only getting a good night's sleep, but getting all the benefits of the things that happen when you're sleeping that were, you know, our body is counting on. And I was using a substance basically to, you know, bypass that system. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. It makes total sense. So you had the wherewithal to catch yourself, to have the awareness that this is a problem. You are dependent upon this medication to sleep. So what did you actually do? How did you, how did you begin to get off of this? So I think, you know, having had a thyroid problem, I, I, know, I now know that your cortisol and your thyroid go hand in hand. So if you are overly stressed, if you are overly anxious, if your blood sugar isn't regulated, then your thyroid is just like, you know, kind of trying to keep pace with that. And I probably had had that some level of, you know, an overstressed body for a really, really long time. So I just kind of took ownership for that agitation that I had. And I looked for ways that I could self-regulate for lack of a, a better word. So I, I started doing journaling practices so that I was started to just understand like my thinking because I could tell sometimes my thinking would easily get just accelerated. I would take a problem or a worry and I would just, you know, escalate it to a really, really high level. So I just learned how to manage my mind. <laughs> love it. I love it. So that's the point where you're fixing sleep. I'm going to put this under an, a big umbrella called fixing sleep. Right. Mary's fixing sleep. Right. Um, so one of the things that you did that you shared with me was called the data dump, where you just got things out of your head and onto paper yeah. and you began to journal. And yeah. so what did this do for you, this data dump? Right. So there's kind of two parts of the, the mind, the mind regulating. So I found that had it, having a daily morning practice in the morning helped me get basically ahead of my thinking to not just kind of get up and get in the vortex and start going like, Oh gosh, this and that, that I wanted to take like ownership for like my thinking. So daily sort of journaling practice that in the beginning was just kind of free form writing. And then, you know, just being aware of like when I was saying, you know, something, you know, catastrophic that I brought that down to reality. You know, it's like, well, is that really happening? So that was my morning bookend. And then my evening was to know that I had to give myself basically a curfew at night, that there was a time at which I was no longer going to problem solve. And I, I don't remember what that time was, but it was probably, you know, eight o'clock, like eight o'clock we can, you know, my husband and I, we can talk about easygoing things or we can, we can, you know, have fun, we can fold laundry, whatever that is. But if there's a problem, we're going to solve it tomorrow. That was, that was a hard, fast rule for me. And then a data dump was anything that I was worried about, like, or things that I had to do the next day or, um, you know, things out on the horizon. I just made a point of, I had a little notebook next to my bed and I would write all of that down. And I, I kind of came up with this you know, mantra of like, okay, day is done. Like this, this, mm. everyone else is going to, to sleep, you know, chickens go to sleep, cows go to sleep. 
Mary goes to sleep. Like <laughs> you can't, you can't do any, any more. You can solve this, but you can't solve it today. You can solve it tomorrow. And I know that sounds silly, but it, it worked. You know, when I would think, oh, well, I need to solve that. I would just kind of tell myself day is done. You do that tomorrow. I love that. I, I'm going to borrow that, but I will attribute it to you because that is so perfect. We have to give ourselves permission to pause or to stop. I mean, if we don't set those healthy boundaries, our brains are just going to keep going out of control. So we have to figure out a way to self-regulate. And I love that you have that mantra for at the end of the day, day is done. Day it's time okay to go to sleep. Is that? I mean, what do they play? Like um, Reveille or Taps at Night, Reveille in the Morning. And I really did tell myself, I'm like, listen, like all of nature is asleep. You, you're, you need to go to sleep too. And you'll, you'll, you can get up with the nature. Like that's basically what I told myself. I just love it. So you've got the data dump with the journal. You write things down. If you woke up in the middle of the night, you would write things down so that you didn't keep looping about it, right? That repetitive. Non-productive thinking that gets worse at night, right? For some reason, it gets amplified at night. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't have to do that anymore, but I, you know, for any of your listeners, this is just a pattern. You have a pattern that has set in and your brain starts to anticipate it. So you have to kind of interrupt that pattern and you're teaching yourself just like, just like a, you know, an infant who whose days and nights are flipped, you know, you wouldn't let them stay up all night. So you have to kind of recushion yourself and, and realize that your body is just, you know, shaken up. And how can you kind of set up an environment that allows it to sleep? Because sleep really, for me, everything followed sleep. And if I knew that I could sleep, I felt confident. I felt like I was going to get up and have the energy to eat good food that I would be able to take a walk, but when I didn't, everything felt harder and heavier and darker and my whole mood was different. So I I just made it like my number one. That was it. I absolutely adore that. So you've talked about two things so far. First of all is having an evening curfew mm-hmm. where you it's not time for you stop problem solving maybe at eight o'clock at night. Maybe you, you have some other rules that we'll get to when we talk about having a sleep ritual. But the first thing is to just stop the problem solving. The second thing is to write everything down so that you don't take it with you into that precious sleep time. And um, to really have that mantra, day is done. I love that. Something else that you talk about a lot is managing or regulating your blood sugar so that you can get a healthy night's sleep. What did that look like for you and what do you recommend? That probably was the... I would say that things we've talked about already, and then this I think is the third. If there's like big pillar, there's some other things that you can do to sort of like you know promote healthy sleep. But the blood sugar, I think, was tremendous. And I mean, what that looks like is making sure that every meal has you know some protein, some fat, some fiber. And for me, it was eating a healthy breakfast. Um, not skipping meals, not under eating, um, and not doing a lot of like carbohydrates or alcohol at night. Like if I could do that, and sometimes it meant, um, this, this has been very helpful for me is doing sometimes a little bit of fat or a little bit of protein at night 
to carry my blood sugar through the night because a lot of that waking up or feeling anxious or what we think is needing to go to the bathroom is often our blood sugar not being properly you know, regulated or our liver doing some detoxification. So that's why I felt like once I got my blood sugar dialed in, I was managing my stress better and I had sort of hygiene around my sleep, things weren't perfect, but they were better. And then they continued to get better and better and better. And like I said, it's, you're, you're creating this new pattern. So the more confidence that you have, the more you've said, okay, maybe I only slept for three hours, you know, but then the next night for at a stretch, the next night you might sleep for three and a half and the next for four. And eventually you can sleep through the night. I love it. I love it. And as you see the positive results, you build the confidence. As you build the confidence, you have more energy because now you can take on, do more things maybe during the day and, and to try new things. I mean, even positive change is hard. So, you know, making little tiny habits. One thing I I'm really personally affected by carbohydrates. I don't handle them well. I'm what might be considered carbohydrate intolerant mm-hmm. or the profile as somebody who is tofi, which is thin on the outside, but fat on the inside, which mm-hmm. is a higher insulin profile. So I need to be extra vigilant about not having too many carbohydrates. I don't metabolize them well, the the sugar and so forth. Alcohol does not love me. Mm -hmm. Um, So what you mentioned about no carbohydrates and alcohol at night, say a little bit more about what your evening meal might look like that doesn't have so many carbohydrates. Can you share that? Yeah. So, I mean, we have to realize, you know, we're different bodies at different ages. And I probably had, you know, perimenopause or menopause, like factoring in there. Um, so what I could have done as a 20 year old, I couldn't do, you know, in my, my forties and fifties. So for me right now, it looks like, um, a more like protein fat breakfast that, that works for me. Um, if I do a carbohydrate, I, I tend to do one in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. I call that carb o'clock, like when a lot of us are kind of <laughs> circling the vending machine and being like, I'm going to kill somebody if I don't have something. Uh-huh. And I feel like we need those. I mean, every, like you said, everybody's different. So you can't just look at one little example and say that works, you know, for her body that right. works on mine. But if I tend to find that I do better if I have those at like four o'clock, if I have like a sweet potato or something like that. So dinner for me, I do better with a protein a vegetable and a salad like that, that is sort of a winning combination for me and not doing sugars or carbohydrates or snacking or alcohol at night. And like I said, then maybe doing maybe a little protein or a little bit of fat before bedtime, that could be a handful of pistachios. That could be um, a tea with some like coconut oil um, stirred into it for, you know, specifically for regulating your blood sugar. Yeah, that, that is terrific. I think, um, thank you. I think a lot of people will really benefit from that. A lot of folks in this group have mentioned getting up at night to go to the bathroom, which you're saying may not actually be that your bladder is waking you up. One thing that may be waking you up is your cortisol because, and this is something that for people to understand, um, 
when your cortisol goes up because you're stressed, you wake up. It's called a cortisol awakening response or CAR, cortisol awakening response. Okay. So if you wake up at one, two, three in the morning and you think you have to go to the bathroom, well, maybe it's because something was stressing you and coming out. Is that Am I right on that? Yeah, you're right about that. Or your blood sugar can be low. So if your blood sugar drops super, super low, your cortisol will basically say, hey, wake up. Got wake it. So up. those are two paths in, either stress, right, or blood sugar. Right. Your stress is up, your blood sugar is low, right. your chances are you're going to wake synergistic. up. They're synergistic. Okay. They're synergistic. And then what's happening is because those are kind of, you think of insulin and cortisol as kind of your bully hormones. They're like, they're more the rough guys. And so what you're banking on, and this is really important for autoimmune, is that your kind of what I call your kinder, gentler hormones, your testosterone, your growth hormone, your melatonin, which you need, that disruption means that if that cortisol is, is agitated, and that was probably me, I had just you know cortisol, 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 because probably blood sugar, I also was sort of an endurance or like high intensity exerciser. So I wasn't getting that down. And so then I didn't, my natural, my melatonin wouldn't, wouldn't work on my behalf. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that's the thing about sleep medications or any of these replacement models where you say, oh, you can't sleep. We're going to give you a replacement for that. You're not really solving for what got you there in the first place. Why, why did my sleep erode? And I never, that, that was never presented to me in the medical system. Never. Yeah. Unfortunately, and sadly, we have to figure this out for ourselves or through people who go through these problems and then they educate <laughs> themselves. And now we're trying to educate other people. So this is fantastic. Um, you also have some other things that are part of a ritual that you do before bed. And before we get off of food, there's, I'm, I add supplements under the food category because it's really a food. Um, you do some things um, in the realm of magnesium. Can you talk a little bit about how you add magnesium? Yeah, there's two things I think that are super simple to add. Magnesium is one because when we are under stress, we deplete ourselves of that mineral. And most, many of us are deficient in magnesium. So a couple simple, simple ways to get it into your body. One is to do an Epsom salt bath because you absorb it your skin. Plus that's really relaxing. And that's a great way to kind of create a before bedtime ritual where you're not on a device, you're not watching TV, you're not agitated. So the Epsom salt bath is a great way to get magnesium. You can supplement with it. If you want to take a magnesium supplement, Uh, natural calm is a really great um, product that you can use that I don't know if there's anything besides magnesium in there. I forget. I don't think so. I think it's just magnesium citrate. Okay. um, I take it too. It's a powder you could take before bed. The other food I like for that is the raw cacao, um, which is like, it tastes like amazing chocolate. And that's something that you can use as a, you know, food, food is medicine kind of thing. So magnesium is great. And I also just love pink sea salt because it's got a lot of minerals in it. And again, you know, think about it. What happens when you're under stress, you're dumping all this stuff, you know, out of our body. So replacing minerals is super, super helpful. I love it. And then let's talk finally about 
any kind of like nice little ritual that people want to create before bed. You've talked already about, you know, having a curfew for the problem solving and so forth, but maybe, you know, is an Epsom salt bath, maybe with a few drops of lavender in there as a really great uh, ritual. What else do you do and, and how do you take care of your electronics? And just yeah. what, what is Mary's ritual for healthy so I brought, And, you know, it's, it's such a luxury for me to be able to say this because once you really create a ritual for yourself, you've retrained your body. And I don't have to do all of this. I mean, the journaling is a given that we don't solve problems at night is a given. Um, the pink sea salt I use on a regular basis. Um, I do try to like wean myself off electronics in the evening, but I don't struggle with it. I mean, I, like, as I have this conversation with you, it used to be just in my mind and I, I don't have to, but I would say it's like anything, you know, until it is routine for you, you may need a little sticky note where you say, I do these four things. This is my, this is my routine whatever that is because ritual ritualizing it is so helpful as it becomes a ritual, you know, just think about it. It's like it becomes second nature and then you're training your brain to say, Oh, this is what's coming. And it, and it learns that new, that new process. I did bring one show and tell. Yay. (laughs) So if you've not dry brushed, this is a great addition to your repertoire. Um, It is very relaxing. What you do is, and you'll want to do it when it's easy. So either first thing in the morning, but if you're struggling with sleep, I would suggest you do it before bedtime. Um, You could do it before a bath, or you could just do it as part of like, before you put your pajamas on or whatever it is you wear to sleep. And you, you, I don't, I can't demonstrate it, but you're, you basically are going to brush your whole body in a circular motion. So it's great for circulation. It's great for detoxification. And it's a, it's a very relaxing protocol to sort of do as, as the end of the day. So I would suggest so that doesn't get overwhelming. You just pick maybe four things like the data dump, um, you know, I have, a, you know, so maybe you say I start my bedtime routine at whatever the nine 30 or whatever that is. It, and that's okay. That is super important. You cannot be a night owl and, and think that you're going to get a good night's sleep. Like you have to thread the needle because your body is naturally stopping its cortisol production and moving over to melatonin. So if you don't catch that thing, what's happening is your body hears, you're teaching it, oh, I should stay awake. I should make more cortisol. I'm delaying that melatonin. And then you're in a vicious cycle because then the next day it's going to take you even longer to get into that cycle. You see what I'm saying? That's beautiful. Oh, that is so good. So I advocate for having a bedtime, that a bedtime is not just for children. It's so important, you know, we've already lost as a species, we, we get less sleep already, but then, you know, because we can, we have all these temptations, you know, you can watch an infomercial until two in the morning, or you can get on QVC or all these things that we didn't have available. Once you move over into that, you're, you're, you're really going to struggle 
I mean, there's even data that shows, you know, if you're a shift worker or you have more challenges, you have more inflammation, you have all that. So you have to basically, you know, load the thing in, in your favor, which is other people might be able to stay up late. I don't feel like anyone who's got any type of autoimmune issue, like we can't afford that. It may take you a while to train yourself to get into that cycle, but it's, it's like the best thing for you. So picking, I love the idea of like keeping it simple. So picking maybe three or four things that you will do every day in the evening, like this is just what you do. And we're going to call these training wheels until it becomes a habit. Yes. So we have this ritual, like every night, this is what we do. I turn my phone off. I journal. I stop watching violent shows on TV. I start reading a book. I take my Epsom salt bath, whatever it is. I do my dry brushing. Right. Right. And one thing about habits is they work if we're able to stack them. So for example, I mean, you you know, as you and I are talking about this, this may sound like, you know, 50 things and solving a puzzle. It's not. It's maybe four things. So, you know, maybe you have a warm beverage, warm water, you know, or tea, and you add like a little bit of coconut oil to that. So all already there's your ritual and there's your little bit of fat to regulate your blood sugar, right? Mm-hmm. Then you walk into your bathroom, you're going to be changing into your, whatever you sleep in and maybe you dry brush and you, um, if you take magnesium, you take that then. And then you have maybe something simple where you turn down your bed and you do your, you do your data dump and you turn your lights out. I will say this too, like a dark room is super important. Even sometimes a tiny bit of light from uh, an alarm clock or a uh, smoke alarm. So really a dark, dark room that is conducive for sleeping, no TVs in there, all of that. I know I sound like a, but it, it, it makes a difference. And you're, you're, you're setting up that predictability. Uh, So the habits matter. But the fact that you are doing them in the same order and you're training yourself to be like, okay, today is done. This is what happens. It works. And it, I'll tell you, it, it takes a little bit of time. You know, as you said, change is hard. So I, I believe in something very basic, like a little reminder, just a three-part, four-part sticky note, check, check, check. And if, if the first night you lay awake or you toss and turn or it doesn't work. I also believe like start the process all over. Like I would, I would sometimes just pay attention to my breathing or um, if you had a thought, get the, get the journal out and write it down, go back, go back to the beginning and repeat it because you're training yourself. I'm not getting up. I'm not watching television. I'm not like, I don't, I did I didn't allow any of that. I just, I just love this. It is, it's going to take some time, but these little habits that we can stack will build over time and we will actually build new habits that set us up for a great night's sleep. And I love the mantra day is done. I'm going to implement that. I'm going to really encourage people to do that. I think you've hit on a couple of things that are super important that we don't have time to get into now, but maybe in a future interview, we can really dig into some, some of the stress response because yeah. I think we tend to, we, 
um, I'm going to say that many of the people that are in Beat Autoimmune Academy are maybe highly motivated type A individuals who can't shut their brains off at night. And we kind of have those spinning, looping thoughts and Mm -hmm. the stress wakes us up and the blood sugar may wake us up. So I think really digging deeper into the stress response and into balancing blood sugar is something that we can tackle maybe a little bit different time if that would be great for you because I just love this and I'm sure everybody will too. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I think that as a culture, you know, we are struggling with sleep already, but for those of us with, you know, inflammation or gut issues or, um, or anxiety or, um, extreme fatigue, you know, getting into that, the parasympathetic state is where we repair and you can't get any better than your sleep. Like you just can't, that's it. That's the place. I mean, we can meditate and, we can do yoga and we can do, and those are all great things, but our sleep is where we do all these, um, great, you know, restorative functions. So whatever it's where we, we heal, it's right. where we heal. Right. Yeah. So now before you go to bed, are you excited to get, and do you feel like you get a great night's sleep without taking anything? Is that where you are today? I just have confidence. I have confidence. And I will tell you this though, one of the worst things that I did was worry about not getting enough sleep and, and running the, you know, like, what am I going to feel like? And, and I don't do that either. I tell myself like, it's going to be okay. Like you, you may not get as much rest tonight, but it, it's going to be okay. Like I don't, I don't allow, cause I, I got into that trap of you're not sleeping and now you're going to feel bad because you're not sleeping. <laughs> and I just somehow learned to train my mind to, you know, as a friend of mine said, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're breathing, if you're just focusing on your breathing, you can't breathe in the future or in the past. So just trying to bring myself to the present and not all those other scenarios. Like that was, I mean, that was a big thing for me to learn how to manage that. I, I love it. That ties in so much about what we're learning about breathing properly and sleeping and all of these habits stack. And we are responsible for self-soothing, right? Yeah. I mean, ultimately it comes down to us. So you know, worrying about something that we have no control over is just adding a whole other layer of stress on top of an already stressful situation. So I love the coming back to the present. Mm -hmm. That is, that is so great. Mary, this has been so, so helpful. I I don't know if you have any final words to impart. You've said so many gems, but um, we would love to have you back and I will give you the last word. Uh, well, thank you for having me. And like I, th- I think I said at the beginning, I empathize greatly with anyone who struggles with that. Um, and I, but I have a hundred percent confidence that it is something that you can, if you if you're just patient, if you're kind to yourself, if you don't get frustrated, if you, like I said, if you will build in the practices and then just notice even in the beginning, if you sleep for 10 more minutes 
longer. And you just notice that, wow, I got, I got, you know, two and a half hours. And then you go back to sleep and you got two and a half hours again. Just notice that I promise you, you, you can, you can rebuild that. And that sense of like self-efficacy, don't expect it. (laughs) Don't expect it the first day you focus on it, but you will, you'll, you'll be able to put it back together. Beautiful. Love it, Mary. Thank you so much. It's really been an absolute pleasure. Can't wait to talk with you again. So we'll do that very soon. If okay with you. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm glad you're, you're there for your people and you're doing what you're doing. Awesome. All right. See you very soon. Bye. And that's a wrap. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, share it with your friends and family. And if you feel inspired, please leave a quick review so other people can find it too. Now, if you want to beat autoimmune and thrive, make sure you sign up for my free video training at freeautoimmunetraining.com. That's freeautoimmunetraining.com. And watch the first video right away. Take good care. Bye for now.